I was playing Healer's Hawk Candlelight Vigil last night, and my opponent finally, like, traded off a bunch of creatures and cast all the removal spells and stabilized and then paused for a minute and conceded because I think they looked at everything and they were like, well, I'm at two and you're at 38. All right, now I have to do is turn the corner and, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I read the first draft that I did on Magic Online last night because I had to trade my Nightfield Predators to live, and then I just realized, like, wait a minute. <laughs> my cards left in deck because I've been surveilling, like, a, a hound, a fiend. Hello, I'm David Presswood. And I'm Christian Wright. Welcome to episode 16 of Let's Remember Some Cards, the magic podcast that promises you something in the title and then immediately keeps that promise. So we're keeping that promise today by remembering sweet cards from another of the five Ravnica guilds that appear in Guilds of Ravnica. We've already revisited House Demir, the Selesnya Conclave, and the Golgari Swarm. Today, the fourth guild that we explore is the Boros Legion. That's right. And here to help us, please welcome to the cast, friend of the show, and authority on all things attacking, Eli Loveman. Eli. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Here to talk about uh, attacking for two with small white and sometimes red creatures. Well, before we turn everything sideways, let's remember that and uh, hit the random card button. All right. This week's card is Welcome to the Fold. Welcome to the Fold was a rare from Shadows Over Innistrad. Is a sorcery for two blue blue. And it said gain control of target creature if its toughness is two or less. It also has a madness cost of X blue blue, and if Welcome to the Fold's madness cost was paid, instead you gain control of that creature if its toughness is X or less. So a way to steal a creature for four mana, or if you are able to discard it, however much you can pay. So funny enough, just to give you a peek behind the curtain, and we have the pre-release promo pulled up for Welcome to the Fold, and that is literally the only copy I've seen in my life. <laughs> so <laughs> this is very apropos. But David, do you have a story about this card? I do. I have a story. I actually got to play this card one time. I was battling in draft against a blue-white Flyers deck, and I had a tapped Markov Dread Knight, which was three black-black for a 3-3 three, three Flyer that had, uh, you can pay two and a black to discard a card and put two plus one plus one counters on it. Underrated um, rare. Yeah, an underrated rare, a good card. And my opponent had played Archangel Avacyn, it's a 4-4 four, four flyer with Flash and Vigilance and a bunch of other stuff and had a 3-3 three, three Stormrider spirit in play. So after I had attacked, they had flashed in Avacyn and were ready to uh, to come back at me. And so they attacked. I was able to discard my copy of Welcome to the Fold, uh, pay a ton of mana, steal their Avacyn because it has Vigilance. It, wasn't oh, it has Vigilance. Block their Stormrider <laughs> spirit with it. And they conceded immediately. <laughs> As somebody who's done a lot of gather searches for the keyword madness in modern, I can I can appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> madness is a great ability, and uh, that was definitely my best ever use of it. That's, that's a hard one to top. All right, let's get into today's topic, the mighty Boros Legion. So Christian and Eli, let's talk a little bit about what the Boros are all about. So they're about attacking, right? Punching you in the face with little dudes. Well, it's a, it's a little bit small creatures attacking. But teamwork is also kind of a big a big theme in the Boros cards. You can kind of see that on all their mechanics. We'll go into those later. But uh, you want to be attacking the small creatures. If they can team up, you can take down some of the larger stuff. Flavor-wise, right, the Azorius are like the law people. But it seems like the Boros Legion are a bunch of narcs, right? 
Listen, Boris is just not afraid to get their hands dirty. Oh, okay. Usually in the red zone. <laughs> That's right. These are the enforcers, right? There's a lot of human soldiers, uh, a lot of non-human soldiers, the occasional giant, but these are the guys who do all of the work for the Azorius while they're sitting around pushing paper. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, a little, a little bit more, a little more grounded in reality, you know. Okay, you you sound like you have a particular <laughs> affinity for this Boris Legion. Well, also whatever the opposite of affinity is for blue and white cards together. You know, we we thought of you immediately for this episode, given that you are known for just turning everything sideways as much as possible. Uh, I always think of you as an infect player first, and playing Boros in limited, as I regularly do, feels a lot like playing infect. Oh yeah, you gotta pick, you gotta pick your spots. You got the sure strike, but they have mana up. Maybe hold back this turn, wait for them to tap out, that kind of thing. I love it. I had my most experience playing Boros in Gate Crash, and that was definitely more of just like you turn your brain off. You just turn sideways until you're either dead or they're dead. And it was pretty brainless fun magic. Yeah, that, that's more about, like, the deck building's more important than, like, the gameplay in that set. You gotta, like, draft the best curve possible, because it's really hard to win on the draw. You just gotta increase your chances of not drawing your opponent on the play. So as we discussed in prior guild episodes, one of the best ways to tell what the color pairs are supposed to look like is to look at the guild mages. These are the ground floor for what the color pair is trying to accomplish. Each Ravnica block had a guild mage for each guild. And each one is a two mana two two that's either a wizard or a shaman. In the original Ravnica block, each costs two hybrid mana. So in this case, Boros Boros, you could pay red red or white white or red white. And then in the return to Ravnica block, they each cost one of each mana in the colored pair. So the first one then from the original Ravnica is Boros Guild Mage. I'll read this one. It's like we said, Boros Boros for a two two human wizard, and it has two abilities: one in a red target creature gains haste until end of turn. One in a white target creature gains first strike until end of turn. So, hey, we're attacking. Yeah, it's all about doing combat better and doing combat faster. I like the art on this. I, f- I feel like it's very distinctive Palo Parente art. You know, I played it. Was this uh, was this good in the limited format? Eh, the problem was, as we'll get Boris to... Boros was a little underpowered. Yeah, original Ravnica Boros wasn't very good. But it had, you know, it still had Sky Knight Legionnaire. So you could build, it's kind of like Golgari in Guild of Ravnica, where you, if you're the only Boros drafter, you could draft a pretty nuts aggressive deck, but I wouldn't try to force it. And so moving on from that to a much better Boros Guild Mage is Sunhome Guild Mage, which is printed in Gate Crash. Again, another 2-2 human wizard. Uh, its first ability was one colorless red and a white. Creatures you control get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. And its second ability was two red and a white. Put a 1-1 red and white soldier creature token with haste onto the battlefield. This is, this is much better. Oh, yeah, this card was a house. Sometimes when you're playing two aggro decks where their card is just bouncing into each other and nobody has any resources because everything trades, and then you drop this card, and then, uh, well, start pumping up one once. I mean, these are clearly telling us we, we're just attacking. We're attacking with as many things as possible. This one, we're even making more things. And I love the Boros touch of, of course, the token has haste itself. Just to make everything a little easier. Get it. Oh, yeah. Way. And what's, what was really great about this was that you could still go on curve without having to use another card. So you can go Sunhome Guild Mage into Sky Knight Legionnaire into his ability to make a 1-1 token. Or, you know, over on your team if you're, like, already ahead. Right. Yeah, good when you have a lot of resources, too. Like, personally. I think my best draft ever had two of these in the deck, and it, I just felt unstoppable. I felt like Superman. Just, ugh! Make those dudes! I, I love cards like this in uh, aggressive 
colors or aggressive uh, color combinations where, you know, when I've played Boros and Guilds of Ravnica, I'm playing a lot of 16 land decks, but this really gives you amazing things to do with your mana. I mean, mana sinks are always important, but when you're playing aggressively, if you just have a few too many lands, um, you know, what a great series of abilities to go with them. All right, so let's talk about our Boros cards from the first two Ravnica blocks. Eligible cards for our list are from those two blocks. They have a Boros watermark, and they're only Boros, so none of the off-color split cards uh, that may additionally have a different guild. Um, we're going to do a top eight uh, that we have in no particular order, but before we get there, we have a couple honorable mentions. Yeah, so our first honorable, honorable mention is Aurelia's Fury. This is an infamous card in magic history, uh, for reasons we'll get into. So Aurelia's Fury was X, red and a white. For, it was a mythic from Gatecrash. It was an instant, and it dealt X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. Tap each creature dealt damage this way, and then players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn. Wow, what a house. What would you guys pay to pre-order this at? Ooh. So the thing about this card is that it does a lot of things, but some of the things it does are particularly on rate for an X spell. If you want to kill two reasonably sized creatures, you're going to have to pay a lot more mana than you think you are. To be fair, though, when you read this, this seemed like the stone-cold nuts, right? You're like, oh my god, I can pay eight mana and falter and deal one damage, and then I attack my creatures, and I'll pay $50 for this, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot, I mean, a lot of people did pay a lot. This was, uh, you know, a, a hot pre-order card from that set, certainly. And then it turned out nobody ended up playing it. I mean, it certainly looks good to me at first glance. Rolling Thunder at instant speed, plus, you know, you're tapping creatures and preventing them from uh, casting other non-creature spells. But did it just not have a place in that standard format? It was really, I think, about mana efficiency. There were just like a lot of ways to play around, and a lot of the control decks at the time were like Restoration Angle and Augur Bolas decks. Like, oh, you silence me? Spend a turn on Augur Bolas. That's fair. And as you said, it costs a lot of mana to really make it work. I think I even tried to play this in Limited a few times, and it was even <laughs> underwhelming in Limited because at best you could maybe double shock something, but you're paying six mana to double shock something. Yeah, if you want to kill two three threes, you're paying eight. Thank goodness they sense. didn't make it cost a red, white, white X, because, oh boy. Sphinx's <laughs> <laughs> revelation for uh, for Boros seems like an unplayable card, no matter what it does. All right, our uh, second honorable mention is Wear Tear. Wear Tear is a split card from Dragon's Maze. It had two halves. First, Wear was one at a red for an instant that said destroy target artifact. The second tear is white for an instant, destroy target enchantment, and it has fuse, so you can cast one or both halves. So if you pay one red-white, you're destroying an artifact and an enchantment. I love this card. Yeah, I played it in Miracles. It's a, a modern Jeskai control, and also sometimes red-white base decks sideboard staple. It does a lot. It does. It kills a lot of stuff you need to kill in those formats. It's such a very good value card, and probably the number get value cards. Yeah, it seems like the kind of thing where when you're in a format where you have limited sideboard slots, you know, you're kind of getting two slots for one here. It's good against some of the artifact decks, good against some of the enchantment decks. Not the best card, certainly, against either, but can do a lot of work and give you a little extra flexibility. I have managed to cast both halves of it to kill a counterbalance and target a Sensei's Divining Top. No, actually kill a Sensei's Divining Top, sorry, in Legacy. That was probably my finest hour with that card, and I have not played it since. 
But you got to put a lot of spells on the stack to get that to work. Yeah. It was pretty late in the game. <laughs> Anytime you can kill a sensei's divining cup, you've done something right, and your opponent has done something very, very oh. wrong. On the subject of uh, miracles, where Terry, it was the, the, the way the old split card rules used to work, it was even more broken because you had to counter one and two. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Oh, I uh, used yeah. to used to keep that on top all the time. Oh, <laughs> I was I was a little sad when they changed the rules and I was like, oh, not that I'm going to play miracles anyway, because you, you banned Sensei's Divining Top. But this is this is a dark, dark day, Wizards. Either of all managed to mess that up, too. Yeah, they uh, they keep changing them. I think they may have settled on uh, where we're at now, but we'll have to see. There's always changes they keep making with split cards and double face cards, and anytime the card frame does something that's a little odd, uh, there are a bunch of rules changes that keep going with it. Let's move on to our uh, top eight here. So, what's our uh, what's our first card? It's Lightning Helix. Oh my god! Oh Craig my Jones god! Is out of the finals. <laughs> so, what does Lightning Helix do? Lightning Helix is red and white for instant, and it deals three to any target, and you gain three life. Seems really good. It's very elegant now with the new wording, too, because it's a lot more mouthier when you have to say target creature or player. You know, it's it's just nice to be like, any target, you gain three life. Done. Any say. target. Them, their stuff, your stuff, you. This card is great that's played in modern in both burn and Jeskai control decks. It's at that lightning bolt level where, the, you know, the only cards that overlap between them where... You know, they're killing creatures, they're going to the face. It's just very powerful. Got that call out to Alpha. It's just two of the kind of uh, most efficient cards in that stat stapled together, healing, solve, and lightning bolt. Just the red, and it's the white, and it does both of the things. Also, they figured out how to make healing solve effects good. Attach them to other cards. <laughs> Specifically to lightning bolts. I bet if they put a healing solve in a black lotus, it would also see play. <laughs> <laughs> So this is also famous. This is arguably the most, a copy of it is the most expensive burn card in existence because of a famous uh, Pro Tour Honolulu 2006 story where a competitor got into the finals because of a top deck lightning helix. The sequence at the end is so good because you can, Craig Jones' opponent, Craig Jones has lightning helix, his opponent is Olivier Ruel, who's at seven. He's got a char in his hand, which feels four, and then you have to pay two lives. He's getting beaten down by some small uh, white knights. He's thinking, do I have to stay alive? But then he decides, nah, if I do that, that's just playing to lose. He's got to hope to heal get, and uh, get lucky. Sure enough, the lightning healer came rolling off the top just in time. It was, yeah. it was basically, he had to do that. He, if he didn't char Helix to the face, he was going to lose. Like, if he char, tried to char a creature, he was just eventually dead like he was just drawing dead anyway there's a video we'll post a link to the video it's a very iconic a very cl uh, classic magic video and the one thing i always love about this video and i've talked actually talked to randy bueller in person about it is that uh, everyone's losing their mind randy bueller is losing their mind all the judges everyone's like oh my god and all those spectators and mike flores is like well i don't know i think if the proper play for this situation <laughs> and apparently According to Randy Bueller, he's like trying to kick Mike Flores under the table, being like, "Hey, Mike, shut up! This is amazing. What are you doing? Stop talking." <laughs> so we'll post a link to it. Cla absolutely classic magic moment. Craig Jones collapses in his chair. It's great. I have what is maybe the most critical question for you guys: Which art is better? There are two arts. There's the original Kev Walker art with the woman, uh, I guess, casting. Lightning Helix, or is, I guess, being cast against her? 
I always thought she's catching. She's like holding. She's she's like holding it up above her, and it's coming out of the weird energy ball. She's, okay, so that makes very sense. Dragon Ball esque. Yeah, and then the other one appears to be a Johnny uh, getting helixed directly in his face. They've reprinted this card a bunch of times, but oddly, they keep alternating the art back and forth. Usually, what you see in original art, and they'll do it a couple times. Maybe they'll bring it back once later, but it's like every time they print it. You know, Iconic Masters is one. You know, Modern Masters is another one. So even though I own the modern, the Ajani one, I think the original one is better. Uh, it just looks cleaner and it looks doesn't look dark. Gotta go, <laughs> gotta go with the OG. Eli's holding uh, holding up an original art in front of the camera here. Yeah, I I agree with it. I like that one better. This is a, also a card that has full art player rewards, but I still like the original art better. It, the card has too much history. It would be disrespectful to print Ajani on it. All right. Our next card I'll read, it's Boros Charm. Boros Charm is red-white for an instant from Gatecrash. It says, choose one. Boros Charm deals four damage to target player or planeswalker. Permanents you control gain indestructible until end of turn. And target creature gains double strike until end of turn. So we talked a little bit about charms last time around with Golgari Charm. Uh, there was a cycle of guild charms in Return to Ravnica and Gatecrash where each guild got one of these two mana instance where you uh you got to choose three but this is absolutely one of the best oh yeah the nice thing about it was that two of the three modes were rel- are relevant even in modern we don't talk about the double strike one but nah, but even in limited it was it was just an absolute house for all three modes yeah this is played alongside helix i mean they they are very good friends deal three gain three and deal four i think that the Double strike mode is mostly used when you're playing burn and your opponent has a ley line of sanctity. You can't target them. I didn't think about that when I was uh, thinking about this card. And Indestructible was used a lot in standard because of the prevalence of Supreme Verdict, which is a, a Wrath of God variant. But deal four is the, probably the most self-explanatory of the modes. <laughs> I've played burn too much in my life. It is so depressing when you're playing against a burn player and they have two mana open and you're like maybe I'm dead? I don't know I'm at four. Could they have the Boros charm? And then they're just like oh I had it anyway it doesn't matter and you're dead and you're like oh I was the only out. I can't believe it you're a jerk. Yeah because you have to like manage your fetch lands and chunks and you're thinking in chunks of three always and Boros charm is always the card that has the potential to get you if you're in that like I can go to nine, and I have to go to seven to stay above six, and I have to go to four to stay above three, and then you get Boris Charm to four. Yeah. See, my strategy is just to never lose to burn, and then I don't have a problem. What a privileged life. It, it's not that bad. <laughs> Boris Charm, because of that indestructible mode, is also the most played of any of these charms in the commander format. It, it's by far uh, the most from the Return to Ravnica block. I believe it's all permanents you control? It is all permanents, yep. Oh, ooh, a combo with Armageddon. Yes, it is. If yeah. you're into that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs lands? Nobody. Well, I mean, I guess I'll keep mine. <laughs> Old prior. Why is he main phasing this Boros charm? All right, Christian, what's next? Next, we have Sky Knight Legionnaire. This was printed in original Ravnica. It is a common from original Ravnica. It is a one red and white two two human knight and it has flying in haste yeah this is like the most boros card on the planet oh yeah like and it it, it's probably perfectly costed two it just it hits all the right notes the only thing it's missing is first strike but flying in haste is just a 
absolutely perfect. A lot of a lot of the uh, kind of gold cards and replica sets are designed that way, where it's one ability from this color and another ability from this color. Right? It's nice and clean. It's lazy design, but you know what? It works. Uh, it's clean oh. design. Yeah, it's clean design. I agree with that. I don't think it's lazy at all. I think you look at it, <laughs> you know, they could have given it lifelink and first strike or something, but this is a it's a nice way to do it, and it's it's a reasonable rate. The number of times I've had this played against me on turn three in limited, this card is in my popper cube. I hate it when other people draft it because this one just gets gets in for a couple uh, before you can remove it. It's uh, it's really powerful. It's also a rare thing because red white isn't really known for flyers. Like white has some flyers, but generally when you're doing Boros cards, it's just small dumb ground pounders. So it's nice that they kind of carved out a little space to ha- let red white have some more. Um, leeway and have some more diversity in the creatures that hit your face yeah this card it is kind of iconically boros uh it was printed in ravnica in gate crash and then again in guilds of ravnica so far it's the only card besides the shocklands that have been printed in all three blocks i imagine that the process went something like they were looking for a card a common in boros that made a lot of sense they were like what can we just reprint sky knight legionnaire and everybody signed off immediately in addition to being in all three sets it has different art in each printing so i'm going to ask the question again which of the three arts is the best i'm going to take the opposite stance that i took with lightning helix the new art i think narrowly edges out the other two okay so the new art is a soldier who's holding on to his mount while he's uh swinging his sword out in front of him i uh am partial i think to the gate crash art mostly because the soldier the woman who's writing presumably something i would like to see more of what she's writing but she has a lance and that's just you know that says flying haste to me the lance is more aesthetically pleasing i'll give you that okay so i'm gonna be a contrarian i'm gonna take the original because it's kind of hard to read on and look at a moto but i like the orange tint it has going to it and you know what let's be honest this thing he's flying on should be more important than the dumb knight i'm just gonna call it Look, the card says human knight, Christian. So I think we all know what's the most important. But how- Although the weird bird thing with face armor is pretty sweet on the original line. I'm just saying, though, how is he flying? He needs his mount. That human is just walking around like a doofus without that mount. I think it's close either way. I'm not going to begrudge anybody for their choices. Here. Oh, no. All right, that's fair. All right, Eli, do you want to handle our next one here? Our next card is uh, Boris Reckoner. It costs three hybrid Boris mana, so either all red or all white or any combination of the three. It's a 3-3 Minotaur wizard, and whenever Boris Reckoner is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target creature or player. You can also play a red or a white to give it first strike until last turn. Yeah, Boris Reckoner is awesome. Awesome. This is an effect that I think is only on two other cards. Spite Mirror, which is a 2 Boros Boros uh, 3-3 elemental from Eventide, and then Stuffy Doll from uh, Time Spiral. Has Only goes ability, to... but you have to choose a player that and it's stuffy doll's indestructible so you can just deal it a bunch of damage and then it deals that much damage to that player voice record was such a such a huge part of that standard format it dropped and it was immediately like 25 dollars and it was a bunch of death guy almost kind of controlling decks and it was in modern red aggro decks it's just everywhere and it's really funny because the moment Innistrad rotated, it kind of dropped off the face of the earth because of Thoughtseize, but it was really hilarious. Like, up until Theros, you're like, oh, Boros Reckoner is going to define standard, and then it didn't. It just, just kind of plopped off the face of the earth. And that was more to do with uh, white and red not being so great, compared, <laughs> not Boros Reckoner, I think. Yeah, that's fair. 
It did make a comeback after Theros came out in uh, Devotion to Red. Which oh, yeah. A, that's true. That's true. Know, yeah. A less played Devotion deck than either Black or Blue. But, you know, the hybrid mana counts for either. So that Red, Red, Red uh, and really getting in there does a lot of damage. This card is pretty hilarious with a number of effects in other formats. Uh, Scred, most notably, is played in Scred decks. Scred uh, is a one mana red instant that... Um, deals damage to a creature equal to the number of snow permanents you control. So people just play all snow-covered mountains and then deal a ton of damage to Reckoner, which deals it to something else. It's hilarious if anything else, it does a ton of damage. Uh, Blasphemous Act is a really popular one. Uh, Blasphemous Act is eight and a red for a sorcery for Ministrod, but it costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield, and it deals 13 damage to each creature. So nice way to uh, deal a ton of damage to your opponent. The new uh, Star of Extinction, uh, which is from... Ixalan that deals 20 to each creature in Planeswalker is a nice way to one-shot your opponent if you can do it. It's also fun with damage doublers. You have a card out that doubles all damage and you you know deal any damage to this. Uh, that damage to it is doubled and then when you deal it to your opponent it's doubled again. Um, so it just creates a lot of ridiculous, stupid uh, game states and um, I'd like to see it played more in uh, various formats for that reason. Yeah, it's always fun and it I think if there's a a Boros Reckoner clone, it's that's probably the one card that needs it to be more modern playable in my mind because Boros Reckoner is a great rate. It does exactly what you want it to do and it has a really cool, unique effect. And as you said, there's Scred, there's Blasphemous Back. Those are two pretty cheap spells that help enable it. But man, you just need like Spitemare doesn't really help, you know, like Spitemare is okay. Eh. And Stuffy Doll, I love Stuffy Doll to death, but it's not the same. I'm going to play a Scred deck in Modern at some point. It's going to happen, and this is this is a 4 for sure. Our next card in our top 8 of Boros cards is Wojek Halberdiers. It is red-white for a 3-2 human soldier, and it has an ability, Battalion, whenever Wojek Halberdiers and at least two other creatures attack, Wojek Halberdiers gains first strike until end of turn. So Battalion. Battalion was the ability word uh, uh, for Gatecrash, and it was just Whenever the creature that with Battalion and two other creatures attack, you get an effect. Here it gets first strike and becomes a 3-2 first strike for two mana. Yeah, I'm in. I wanted to talk about this card just because it was kind of like the, the marquee common for Boris in that limited format. It was, it was definitely the, the glue that held it together in limited. It just got to get ahead of all the other color combinations and prevent them from making good blocks because you had first strike with your team. A nice limited card. Gate crash for listeners who were not playing during that time. Uh, it was a very notoriously fast limited format. Um, you, if you ever blocked with something, you probably were going to lose the game. So battalion just essentially was uh, trinket text that said you you have to jump through this tiny hoop, like you have to jump through this off this one inch hurdle, and then your creatures are much better. So don't worry, you got it. Skyline Legionnaire, which we already talked about, was big for Battalion because you got to have it out of nowhere, which was great. What uh, what do you think was the best card with Battalion? Hmm. In Constructed, it was probably Firefist Striker, which was a 2-1 for 2, and its Battalion ability was target creature can't block. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of play. And in Limited, it might have been probably a common, probably this actually. Boros Elite was really good, too. I'm just looking over them real quick. Daring Skyjack was also good because you could play it in... Um, oh, yeah. Warsaw. Daring Skyjack, though. Yeah. yeah, Daring Skyjack was a uh, one and a white 3-1. One. 
that head battalion where when you attack with it and two other creatures, it gets to flying. And three damage in the air when you're in a very aggressive deck is uh, pretty dangerous. Oh, yeah. All these cards just mess up blocks beyond belief. <laughs> and the only um, battalion card that's played in um, any sort of older constructed formats is Legion Loyalist. It's one red mm-hmm. uh, for a goblin soldier, 1-1 one, one haste. And its battalion ability was that Creatures you control gain first strike and tam- trample until in a turn and can't be blocked by creature tokens. It's played in goblins and all in red decks because it's a 1-1 haster that randomly will give your creatures first strike and trample. That seems pretty good. Yeah, if there is a goblins deck that comes together with all of the goblins that they are rushing to print now, Legion Loyalist seems like it has potential there. Those abilities for your team, team-wide, different than a lot of the other battalion creatures that mostly just affect the creature that has battalion. Oh, it's oh, it's it's definitely good enough. The deck is on flying under the radar on messing people up on online. Got one aggro on modern. That's good to know. All right, our next card in our top eight is Assemble the Legion. So Assemble the Legion was a rare enchantment from Gatecrash. It costs three red white, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep, put a muster counter on Assemble the Legion, then put a one-one red and white soldier creature token with haste onto the battlefield. For each muster counter on Assemble the Legion. So this got out of control fairly quickly. I just remember the first time someone played it against me and I had to pick up the card and read it four different times because I couldn't believe that it just kept making one ones over and over and over and I had no way to get rid of it. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. It wasn't it wasn't if I remember correctly, this was a mirror breaker for a lot of the control decks, right? Like you just slapped and assemble the Legion and if it resolved they there was very little there are very few cards that could deal with it. Well, uh, it was, it, yeah, it was that, and it was good against mono black because, well, because, spoiler alert, it's an enchantment, so the black deck couldn't kill it. <laughs> it's really interesting, too, because this was part of a push that red and white has more token generators, and which is a lot more common now, but I th- feel like they were testing the waters a bit more with this back in Return to Ravnica as a space that red and or white can get into more. Because they did have Doom Traveler and Innistrad, so they had precedent that a white creature could be a token generator, right? And you saw it had raised the alarm, and there's a couple of other cards. But it was interesting to have essentially a better Bitter Blossom in red-white instead of something else. I mean, we saw that with the Sunhome Guild Mage, right? That creates the same token. There was another uncommon in uh, Dragon's Maze Blaze Commando uh, that did basically the same thing. It uh, was a 5-3 that when you have an instant or sorcery that deals damage, if I remember correctly, you got two of these 1-1 soldier creature tokens with haste. So it was definitely a sub-theme in Boros in this block. They wanted to make sure that you were you had this you had all these sick battalion creatures, right? And they're they're only good if they bring friends to the party, right? Yeah, but they already had friends. It's just called drafting other battalion creatures. Well, l- listen, that was the idea. <laughs> it ended up mostly being about killing your opponent who had four heroes downfalls in their hand or four terminates in their hand. You laughed at them because they were like, I'm going to terminate your Sky Knight Legionnaire. And you're just like, I have other plans. <laughs> so, uh, Eli, what's our next card after Assemble the Legion? Uh, our next card is Wojek Siren. It's one white mana for an instant, and it has uh, Radiance. Uh, radiance is that the the keyword from the City of Guilds. It's uh, 
kind of has to do with colors. So I'm just going to read the card and that'll make more sense. Target creature and each other creature that shares a color with it gets plus one, plus one, plus one. Now, uh, Radiance kind of worked in both ways. There were some removal spells that had Radiance, and the idea was that you would target your mono green's opponent, your mono green opponent's green creature, and do a bunch of damage to all their green creatures, or you would target your red or white creature and do something good to all your red and white creatures. Radiance didn't really pan out that well, though. It it didn't end up being very powerful or effective, which is unfortunate, but what are you going to do? Well, I mean, for one thing, it's not just creatures you control on this one. So if your opponent has any creatures that are the same color you're targeting, that's kind of bad for you. This is just worse than charge. This is like classic... uh... Void of Atlantis or Zombie Master, whatever those alpha uh, lord problem is, where it's just like, well, just say that it pumps all the fish or all the zombies. Yeah, they don't, it's bad time putting this. It's so, the world enchantment of ability words. <laughs> <laughs> so the best part about exactly. it, too, is original Ravnica, I think they could have gotten away with it, with it if it didn't also share a set with Selesnia <laughs> that had a lot of white-green tokens and creatures. So a lot of times you would look, and I remember this distinctly too, I think I tried to draft Boros once or twice, and I remember I had some Radiance cards, and I was like, I'm going to pump my team, and I definitely clicked my creature, and then I noticed my opponent's board all got bigger, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I did not read this properly, this is not good. I'm playing was not as good in uh, 2003 or five or whatever it is. So were there any reasonable Radiance cards that you would really want? I think that there's a five mana shock. Right. Yep. Uh, cleansing beam. I'll I'll do I'll I'll sign it for that. Not much else. Yeah. The stuff that uh, deals with that you want to aim at your creatures seems like uh, maybe it would be better in the sideboard because you just don't know what you're playing on one. Bathe in light was probably the second best, just because. Even if you gave your opponent's creatures protection from a color of your choice, it really didn't matter. It was essentially just swing for an alpha strike to kill them. So it was the so least. I'm, I'm going to read Bathe in Light because it's confusing. <laughs> it's, yeah. white print and Radiance is choose a color, target creature, and each other creature that shares a color with it gain protection from the chosen color until end of turn. You're just determining too many different colors of this card. Like that's not good. It reads like it's from Invasion Block. It's just like pick a color and then do the thing, but only do the creatures of this color if it's the most common color among all permanents that you don't control or do. We don't know. (laughs) It was a nice throwback. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. You know what? Let's not print things that read like laces anymore. Can we avoid that? (laughs) So, I'll I will say there is a classic radiance card that they tried to push and it just never really panned out it's a uh, bright flame it's x mm-hmm. red red white white for a sorcery so it kind of starts off it's kind of like expansion so newer players you're like whoa expansion's a great card why would bright flame not be great pump your brakes so it has radiance and it says it deals x damage to each tar- target creature and each other creature that shares a color with it you gain life equal to the damage dealt this way so, so you want to pay like eight to kill a four four and then maybe a bunch of other creatures well if they have a bunch of like big uh green creatures you can pay a lot of mana and plague with them hopefully hopefully i, I guess that's your best if case you have that, but you're playing boros and it's a gold and it's a gold set so like they probably have like 
black creatures in their Golgari deck also. It's just, just don't think about it. Just just pass it. Also, given all the gold all gold cards as well, you're probably hitting your own creatures. So you're getting a ton of life. This is great. This is like, if you want to gain a lot of life, Bright Flame is your card. If you want to kill a bunch of creatures, Bright Flame might not be your card. If there was ever a situation where you're somehow playing Boros and you got into a board stall, I can see you casting this late and gaining like 40 life, but really... Just, you know, also kill your opponent. That seems better. All right, what is our final Boros card in our top eight? Our last card is Aurelio, the war leader. Fitting, considering all, all these little soldiers need a leader, of course, a general. Aurelia is a angel for two red, red, white, white. It's a three, four. Uh, it has flying, vigilance, haste. Oh, excellent. And whenever Aurelia, the war leader, attacks, for the first time each turn, so you attack with the first time you attack with it, untap all creatures you control, and after this phase, there is an additional combat phase. Yeah, now that's Boros. That's the uh, Relentless Assault effect that first appeared in Portal Second Age back in 1998. So this uh, Get a Second Combat has been around for a long time, but to have it on a Flying Vigilance Haste where you get it out of nowhere, and it's also on attack, not combat damage. So, no matter what, even if they kill Aurelia, you're still getting a second combat phase. Yikes. Aurelia works nicely with a lot of the Boros keywords, because Radiant sucks, but you get, if your creature has, like, a battalion trigger that works more, that would happen to work with this, like, it, it deals three, or it makes something not be able to block, or if it, the mentor creatures are the new set, where you can put a counter on a smaller creature, well, what works better than attacking twice? And the nice part is it doesn't even need battalion? Aurelia can be attacking on her own and poops out another attack phase. Like it's yeah. I mean, I guess if you don't have any attacks on the ground, you just dump her in and deal six. Always down to deal six. Yeah, dealing six for six seems good, and you know, still having your three four flying vigilance haste kitchen sink uh, creature. Boros is generally considered the worst color combination in Commander. Um, for a number of reasons, you don't really have ramp, you don't really have card draw like you do in a number of the other colors. Um, and, you know, with 40 life, it's not a particularly strong aggressive format. But Aurelia is, and this is not close, the most common commander in red-white decks. I'm sure there are some angel decks, I'm sure there are just some aggro decks, some things that care about getting multiple combats. It, uh, it makes a lot of sense. You know what's funny is that when you cast a fog and your opponent attacks with Aurelia, that fog still persists persists through the next combat phase. If you're the kind of person to cast a fog, Christian. <laughs> All right. So uh, our top eight Boros cards in no particular order, again, are Lightning Helix, Boros Charm, Sky Knight Legionnaire, Boros Reckoner, Wojcik Halberdiers, Assemble the Legion, Wojcik Siren, and Aurelia the War Leader. Uh, you know, not necessarily the eight best cards, but just eight that we wanted to remember. And before we finish here, uh, I think we want to remember a new card that Eli wanted to talk about. Uh, Eli, you want to talk about Swiftblade Vindicator? I would love to. Swiftblade Vindicator is a red and a white for a human soldier. It's a 1-1, and it has Double Strike, Vigilance, and Trample. Now, I wanted to talk about this card because a lot of the other Boris cards are about kind of attacking in a group with, like, Mentor or Battalion creatures, but... This guy can get it done all on his own, but he also works well with that sort of stuff. And if there's anything that I love, it's an evasive creature that is good with pump spells. I'm not going to name any names other than Blighted Agent, but I, 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 I had to give a shout out. Yeah. 
it, it's it's definitely a callback to like Boros Swiftblade, which was a red and white for a one-two double strike human soldier in original Ravnica. You know they they love to add double strike to Boros cards. I, I, there's a lot of uh, cards in the Ravnica set like that that have like some like some like cool name from the City of Guild set, and then like they they come back and they print like the better version of it or like uh, some sort of alternate card like that. I haven't had the opportunity to play this yet. Um, you know, it seems like it would certainly be good when you're mentoring onto it and doing anything, obviously, to give it power. I'm a little sad it doesn't have haste. We, so we could just be the full Boros keywords altogether. But uh, that would probably be a little overpowered. You just got to maximize velocity. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, right, we got there. Easy. You're slow rolling a sure strike because that card's great. I love Sure Strike. People should play more Sure Strikes. I mean, they shouldn't. They should pass them all to me, but <laughs> so, I really enjoyed uh, Sure Strike in the Guilds of Ravnica format. So is Sure Strike now just the evergreen red combat trick? Because it's been printed in Ixalan. It's been printed in Corsets. It's been printed in Dominaria. Don't quote me on that. But is it an hour of devastation? You're very, you're very close. So it, it was first printed in Battle for Zendikar, and then it was in Ixalan and Corset 19. <laughs> so sure strike is one in a red for an instant and target creature gets plus three plus oh and gains first strike until end of turn so it functions both as a removal spell in a way just to you know attack get a mentor trigger save your mentoring creature if you want to kill your opponent's healer's hawk with your own healer's hawk and gain a bunch of life there are a lot of different things you can do with it but it seems like we're gonna keep seeing it over and over it is a powerful and uh, pretty strong limited card yeah red doesn't red doesn't get the toughness pump but this one's powerful enough because they kind of get around it with the first strike. So I want to mention with Blighted Agent, so um, you have been really well known for playing Infect in all formats until Gataxian Probe is banned. And for the record, I think I have lost to you more often when you're playing Infect by you killing me with Noble Hierarchs than I have to actual Infect creatures. My favorite is uh, probably against Modern Burn because that deck does itself so much damage. They just, they just put themselves in the striking distance a lot. Um, you know, as listeners of this podcast will know, I'm a huge fan of uh, killing my opponents with zero power creatures. So, uh, you know, more power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw ensnaring bridge. <laughs> don't, don't need it. Don't doesn't do it. You you step back from my son ensnaring bridge and I. He deserves <laughs> some more respect. So, Eli, we're on the internet. Can people find you? Uh, I don't tweet a lot, but if you want to look at my tweets, I'm at, uh, at BlackShirtMan on Twitter. And uh, I actually write articles every once in a while, usually uh, once a month for uh, the store Collector Legion. So you can find my articles at www.collectorlegion.com slash news slash list. This is a fun podcast for me as I'm sitting in my basement because you are the two people who have stayed at my house coming to GP's Minneapolis in different years. So my wife says hello to both of you. I'm so upset that I missed it this year. Oh, me too. Next time. Next time. We'll be here. Thank you for joining us today. No problem. All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter at RememberMTG or send us an email at RememberSomeCards at gmail.com. We would love your feedback. Please tell us what cards you want to remember. Okay, so please subscribe to us and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, especially iTunes. That's right. Until next time, don't forget to remember some cards. 